As consumers continue to flock towards quality brands, what are the most important moves, short-term and long-term, you can make to be the brand of choice? That's what today's show is all about. A big frustration I have with marketing is that in general, it is seemingly here today, gone tomorrow. In other words, it's fleeting. It doesn't last, at least not permanently. You've got to keep sending emails, keep running ads, keep mailing postcards, keep posting on social over and over. Marketing is, let's call a spade a spade, kind of a hamster wheel, or is it? So today we're going to explore four marketing channels that last. Welcome to This Week in Marketing. I'm your instructor, Jason Pantana. And if you're new to the channel, it would mean the world to us if you would please tap that big red subscribe button. And while you're at it, hit the bell next to it to enable notifications so that you get alerted whenever we publish new videos designed to help you grow your business just like this one. All right, the time is here for us to talk about four marketing channels that appreciate in value over time, that last. Let's dive in. Marketing channel that appreciates in value, number one, that's kind of a mouthful, is online reviews. Now, I'm a big fan of getting online reviews on any reputable platform, Yelp, Facebook page, third-party search portals, whatever, but there is nothing as important as getting reviews on your Google business profile. Why? Because it's owned by Google, and Google owns search by and large, and I want you to rank when people go searching for best realtor near me, top agent in blank marketplace. Those are the searches that you wanna win on as an agent. So prioritize getting reviews on Google. Google actually scans your reviews and it helps your page rank according to what they find. They're measuring and evaluating your reviews across three different points. First and foremost, they're actually looking at the text, the keywords in the reviews, words like listing agent, the name of the town in which you work. They're looking for things that give them a sense of, okay, who is this person relevant for? What kind of a business are they? And when somebody does this kind of a search or that kind of a search, when or should I or shouldn't I rank their page accordingly? They're learning about what customers Customers actually think and say about your business. What is your business so they can help you rank accordingly because they want, they want to make sure like when somebody Googles a business, they want to rank the most relevant results and your reviews are critical to that. There's also another little kind of truth in this. Google's actually reading the written reviews. So if customers are only giving you a star rating and they're not actually giving you a text review, the star rating is good, but it's not great. You want to get that text written review because Google's actually looking for keywords inside the reviews of your customers to give them a sense about when you're relevant and when your business is not relevant in the search results. Google's also looking at the average star rating across all your reviews. And then last, they're measuring how many reviews does this business actually have in totality? The numerical count of the reviews, so to speak. Now, here's the deal. If your reviews are like the newest one is over a year old, that's gonna lose some of its relevance because I know we're talking about marketing that gains value over time. The reality is, like, let's just use our brains here for a second. Recency is a factor. If I haven't had a review in a year, it's gonna be a factor against my page. But here's what I want you to consider is that because Google is actually looking at the total number of reviews and the average star rating of all the reviews combined, that means that even though a review in and of itself might lose some of its relevance as its recency diminishes, as time goes by, all the reviews put together are actually increasing in value over time. They're building up the authority of your Google business page, which means your Google business page is therefore more likely to rank in search results like best realtor near me, real estate agent in blank town, and those types of opportunities your reviews matter tremendously. 
What's more, we know customers go Google things. If they're looking to buy a car, if they're looking to hire a real estate agent, whatever they're looking to do, a service or a product, whatever, they're gonna Google it first. And when they Google it, they're gonna find your profile and they're gonna read the reviews and hear what customers say. What customers say about their experience will dictate whether the next customer chooses to have one with you at all or not. Reviews are critical in your business, but they have staying power because they are the catalyst that may or may not persuade the next customer to reach out to you. So my advice is that you should build into your marketing plan, your contract to close plan, whatever, a solid strategy for generating reviews. Don't wait to ask until closing. Have key points throughout the transaction when you ask for a review. I make it super simple, like whenever something good happens, you ask for a review. But here's the other mistake I keep seeing. I see agents, like they send out an automatic email from their Google business page, would you please leave me a review, but they don't follow it up with anything else. Like you gotta kind of follow the shot, so to speak. They don't follow it up. So what I have my coaching clients do, just for example is, if they send an email requesting a review, they then also text to say, hey, by the way, I just sent you a link to leave us a review on Google. It would mean the world to us if you could talk about your experience. Um, we're confident we delivered five-star service, but we wanna hear your thoughts. Something along those lines. And what we have found is when you also text letting them know that they have an email in their inbox to go leave the review, they're far more likely to act on it. Marketing channel that gains in value over time number two is YouTube as a platform. Now, if you follow me on any of my other social channels, you've probably heard me say that YouTube is more of a search engine than it is a social network. And I want you to think for a second about what that statement means. A social network like Facebook or Instagram is really dedicated to feeds. As a user, I just scroll through the feeds, scroll, 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 and whatever those platforms opt to show me is what I look at. And if I park and watch for a little bit, so be it, but I didn't seek it out. It's kind of like listening to the radio. Whatever the DJ puts on is what I'm listening to. But a search engine is way different because the way I find the content is I type in words into my browser based upon the thing I'm looking for. I went looking for the content. It didn't come to me. I went to it. And that signifies my intent as a viewer. So YouTube is a search engine. Guess what? YouTube's owned by Google, the number one search engine on the planet. And of course we know that YouTube is the second most popular website on the planet and they are arguably the second most utilized search engine on the planet. We could also slide into position 1B is Google Images, but we'll go with two is YouTube, the second most popular search engine on the planet. There are so many people, buyers, sellers, customers who might wanna work with you who are conducting searches on YouTube every day. And what I want you to do is make videos that are positioned to rank in the results pages based upon their search query, based upon what they're looking for. Now, there's a major advantage to when a viewer searches to watch a video versus they're just scrolling through the feed. And that advantage is intent. Because I went looking for it, it signifies that I'm probably willing to watch for longer. Which is why on YouTube, long form videos are still crushing it on YouTube. Because people come with an attention span, they're looking to learn something. Now that's one advantage. The other advantage is, is that you can actually put your effort into making really high quality videos because they are arguably evergreen in nature. What does evergreen mean? Evergreen means that they last. This is the whole point of the video today, right? I wanna put my effort into marketing channels that appreciate over time. They become worth more like a fine aged wine, so to speak. And YouTube videos is one such way of doing that. Now, I'm not gonna suggest that a YouTube video doesn't ever lose relevance over time. It does, but it's pretty darn rust resistant. What's more, if my video starts to rank in the results pages, 
well then every subsequent view that I get only solidifies from YouTube's point of view that this is the authority video. When somebody searches something like this or that, rank this video, it's the one to beat. So it's kind of like this swelling, it gets bigger and stronger and more cemented in its position in the results pages every single view I get. I've said it before that every time I add a video to my YouTube channel, it's like I put another soldier in my YouTube army because Again, if I add videos to Instagram or Facebook, poof, they burn through the feeds after like 24 to 48 hours, which is all fine and well, but they don't last. But on YouTube, if I get my monthly report from YouTube of what were my top ranking videos, they're almost always the same videos because those videos just keep ranking, keep ranking, keep ranking, and they only get more tenured in the results pages as time goes on because they're stacking up views. I want you to focus on marketing channels that appreciate over time. Now, don't take this as a don't do TikTok, don't do Instagram. That's not my intention at all. But I am saying if you have not looked at the potential of YouTube, you should get a tool like TubeBuddy or a tool like vidIQ or use the built-in research tool in your YouTube studio to figure out, all right, what are people searching for so I can make the videos, supply the videos for those searches and rank. Moving to blank from blank, selling my home in blank. What is the search volume around which you can produce videos that are positioned to rank, but not just for a day or two. They're positioned to rank and rank and rank and rank more over time. You should be looking at YouTube as a serious marketing channel in your business. Marketing channel number three that gains value over time is your blog. I'm gonna make a statement right now that SEO is social media afterlife. Go back to what I said a second ago. You publish content on Facebook, on Instagram, on any social network, and I'm not knocking those platforms. They're they're highly valuable. But you publish content there, videos, short form videos, long form videos, whatever, image-based posts, carousels, etc. And that content literally burns through the feeds in about like a day or two, right? Because the consumption of content on social networks is really predicated on feeds. People go to feeds and they scroll, scroll, scroll until they scroll no more. And the content literally turns into pure oblivion. Poof, it's gone. And I'm looking for content that generates mileage because reality is when I make content, it ain't easy. I'm pouring a lot of research and a lot of effort into making quality content. And I would sure like to see that content last the test of time. Hence, SEO is social media afterlife. So what I do and what I think you should do also is literally cross post every piece of content on social as its own respective blog entry on your website. You can embed the YouTube video in the blog. You can embed the Facebook video in the blog. You get the point, right? You can take the caption text from Instagram and make that the copy for the blog, right? You literally cross post every piece of content into a blog post. I've done this for a long time. For example, I did a reel sometime last year and the reel did reasonably well. Like it ran through the feeds in a day or two. It got a lot of engagement and then poof, it was no more. It turned into pure oblivion. The same fate as every other single piece of content you ever publish on a social network. Work. But I also cross posted that content as a blog on my website. And guess what? When I look at my monthly report from Google, they send me through the Google search console, a monthly report of how many, how many page views did each page get? How many people found a link on Google and then clicked it to go to my website. And guess what? That same reel that I published on Instagram that became a blog post generates somewhere between two to 3000 organic clicks off of Google every single month. 
because it's living on in the afterlife of SEO, right? Your blog is SEO, it's search engine optimization. Every time you publish a new blog, through the eyes of Googlebot, the crawler that's scanning your website, it sees a new page, a new page, a new page. It scans that page and it learns more about how to rank your website, your domain, in various different searches that customers may or may not perform on Google. My point to you is, your blog is the SEO afterlife of your content on social. So don't just be okay with content burning through the feeds and then poof, it's gone. Publish it to a blog. And finally, marketing channel that appreciates in value number four, this long awaited moment is what we're gonna call social search. Now, warning, this one sort of flies in the face. It may seem on surface level kind of contradictory to what I've already been saying because I wanna talk about the search functionalities built into two platforms in particular. TikTok and Instagram. Now, if you analyze the insights of, hey, I posted a video on TikTok or this post on Instagram, how is it that people came to see my post or watch my video? Both platforms disclose that they have six different traffic sources. Traffic sources means the means by which somebody came across your content. Both platforms have six different traffic sources. On TikTok, for instance, uh, it could be they discovered your content in the For You feed, it could be in their following feed, it could be that they clicked a hashtag and you ranked on that respective page, it could be that they somehow tapped your profile and then they scanned to watch other videos you've posted in the past, it could be that a user tapped on a sound to see what other videos were made with a specific sound on TikTok and then your video ranked on that page, or last, and this is the one I wanna focus on, it could be that they found your content through the Discover page. Now hold that thought, let's talk about Instagram. They also have six traffic sources. Somebody could have come across your post and content through the home feed, through the reels feed, Again, a hashtag where they clicked or searched a hashtag and then you ranked. It could have been a trending sound where they wanted to see, hey, what other reels were made with this sound and then yours was in that feed. Or it could be that they tapped your profile and then somehow scanned through other things you'd posted and looked at other stuff for one reason or another. Or last, number six, the one I wanna focus on is they could have discovered your content through the Explore page. So I wanna focus on, for TikTok, the Discover page, for Instagram, the Explore page. They're kind of the same thing and they have basically two dominant functionalities. On both pages, I can navigate to them and both TikTok and Instagram will make recommendations. They'll show stuff to me kind of in a scroll-based feed that I can click and watch or click and interact with. So they might show me things, but they also both have search bars and both platforms are working very diligently to try to improve the functionality of their search bars. Now, they're nowhere near as far developed as Google or YouTube, not even close, but they're both working on it. So here's the moral of the story. As you make your TikTok videos, as you make Instagram reels and stuff like that, make sure to optimize those videos for future discovery, meaning you use strategic hashtags that you wanna rank on, and or you put keywords in the caption so that if somebody goes to the Discover page of TikTok and they conduct a search, which is a trend that is happening more and more often, if the contents of your video meet the needs of that search, then bam, if it's relevant, it can rank in the results section of the Discover page of TikTok. My point to you is start thinking about the keywords, just like with YouTube, think on the same lines with your Instagram reels and your TikTok videos to get views over time. Because reality is like making content, doing marketing is a lot of work over and over and over again. And I wanna help you get the maximum mileage. I wanna help you invest in channels that appreciate over time. Let's be morbid for a second. Some things are subject to entropy and <laughs> decay, right? That's just life. But some things get better with time. Wine, cheese, leather, relationships, 401ks, and now your marketing. 
If this video resonated for you or it added value in some way for your business, it would mean a ton to me if you could please smash that like button. And also we wanna hear from you. If you have a thought or something to add, drop it in the comments thread. We look at those comments, we reply to those comments, and we really wanna hear your thoughts on this. And if you have a friend or a peer that you think would benefit in watching this, please grab the link and share it with them. We wanna help as many people grow their businesses and stop losing time and energy on the hamster wheel of marketing and start looking for marketing channels that gain value over time. Thank you all so much for watching. And until next week, this is This Week in Marketing.